Hey everyone, before we start the show today, um, I want to dedicate this episode to a dear friend of mine, Eric Lindquist. He was a pivotal role in starting, you know, my real exposure to the local venue world here in central Massachusetts and, you know, really all over the place. He kind of gave me the confidence to reach out to venues and, you know, just ask for things. Um, Eric was a pivotal, pivotal person at Off the Rails. He did everything. Um, in Worcester, he pretty much helped do everything there from the ground up and get their new concert venue off the ground. And, you know, I remember, you know, about a year ago, a little less than a year ago, I reached out to Eric and the team over there and said, Hey, we'd love to do something with you. And, you know, Eric, Eric open arms was like, yeah, absolutely. Come on down. Um, unfortunately we lost Eric not too, too long ago, um, back in May. And, um, this past Friday night was my first time back to off the rails. Unfortunately, since the passing of Eric, um, for a lot of reasons. One, I didn't really know what to do, what to say, um, and all that. I didn't really felt like I belonged there once once he was no longer there. Um, but, you know, I tucked, my, <laughs> tucked myself into my boots and I sent Amy an email, um, who was the new contact over at Off the Rails, and... Um, it was, it was like Eric had um, emailed me <laughs> again. Um, so Amy, thank you for that. Um, so this episode is really a huge thank you to Eric because without him, this this episode wouldn't be having happening. Um, so to my friend Eric, we miss you, and this show is for you. And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trap, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level! With America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim. I am your host. Today, as you know, we have Lanco on the show. I can't, I can't even tell you what this, how this even happened because I still have no freaking idea. Um, like a couple of last week, late last week, I shot an email off to off the rails and said, "Hey, you know, it's been a while. You know, would love to start working together again." And my my now good friend Amy emailed me right back and was like, "Yes, absolutely. We would love to have you back." We would love to do stuff together again. 
And she said, why don't you come out to Lenko tomorrow night and cover the show? And, you know, I'll give you, you know, you get a media pass, the whole nine yards. And I was like, cool, awesome, sounds great. Um, we took the month of July off from going to see shows, so it was nice to get back. Um, it was my first time in the new venue at Off the Rails, and my God, is it gorgeous. Absolutely fantastic venue. Um, if you're local, you need to go see this venue. And even if you're not local, come on down to Worcester. Um, you won't be disappointed. Um, so fast forward, she said, you know, come on down. I said, cool, sounds great. I'm heading home from work on Friday and to come and get ready for the show. And my phone rings and it's Amy. And she said, hey, I just talked to Lenko's management and they want to do an interview yada 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 the whole nine yards and i was like what like are you sure are you sure are are they sure are they sure um and you know lo and behold it worked um i can't thank max their tm um brandon chandler jared trip eric i've never been treated more well with much, as much respect as these gentlemen treated me this past Friday, and I can't thank them enough. Um, absolute great hospitality by these by these gentlemen, and really, it was an absolute phenomenal show. I had a great time. Um, we didn't get a ton of time with Lanco, so I'm going to just kind of give you a, a rundown of the night. We are going to do a review that will be coming out on beats beer bonfires here in the next probably a couple of weeks we're trying to get them all out at once um but we got there early um got to see lenko sound check and that was interesting i haven't seen a sound check you know for a prominent band in a very very long time um so that was cool to see um you know i was kind of unsure of how to act or how to how to do anything <laughs> anything because it had been so long and um you know i i hadn't really been as receptive it hadn't been as receptive for us to do something like this in a very long time um you know everybody's busy i get it but you know lanco was was great was great 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 for those of you that don't know who lanco is they have some great hits they have a number one out there greatest love story um, they have Born to Love You, What I See, Long Live Tonight. They have so many songs that you would know. You know, it was one of those things where even I was like, huh, Lanco songs. Yeah, Greatest Love Story, you know, um, Born to Love You, you know, they their new one, Low Class Lovers, that just came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, Near Misses, we talk about in the uh, in the. Um, in the in the episode, I just had a had a brain fart. They opened with the song "Rival," which was, I thought, great. It was a great way to start the show. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it's a whole thing. You know, I'm, if you're a Lanco fan, there's a lot of things we talk about that I'm sure you already knew. Um, but if you're not a Lanco fan or don't know much about Lanco, um, you know, this was kind of an opportunity for us to kind of get to know each other. And hopefully in the future, we'll be able to do more together. I would love to see these guys again. They were absolutely great. I know I've said it a million times, right? Lenko was fantastic. Um, if you get the chance to go see them, um, I can't, again, I can't thank Max and the team 
enough and Amy and everybody at Off the Rails, I can't thank you all enough. Thank you so much for this. Um, I don't want to tell too much Elenko's story because you're going to hear about it. But with that being said, you know, we're going to have our commercials as always. Um, a big thank you to Lenko again. And, you know, really, guys, without further ado, enjoy the commercials <laughs> and um, enjoy our conversation with Lenko. We want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant, a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. All right. Uh, well, I'm here at Lenko, so I'm going to let them, you guys know how this show works. For those of you that have listened before, I'm going to let them take the reins, tell you who they are, and tell their story. So, hi guys. Thanks for being on. What's up? Yeah. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're bad storytellers, so this isn't going to be a very long episode. It's just us telling us. We'll, we'll bleed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well... <laughs> so how did you guys start? How does how there does you go. There how you does all right? Fine, fuck it, I'll do it. How does Lanco become Lanco? Um, like metaphorically or no? I'm just kidding. Uh, no, so uh, yeah, we started uh, years ago. We we kind of met each other. We all kind of got to know each other like about ten years ago. Um, I met Trip. I went to school in Cleveland, Tennessee, and. Uh, Met Trip. We were like in different bands and met him at like this little college festival type thing. And he was moving to Nashville the same time I was moving. I'm from there, so I was moving back. And we started hanging out. Then Jared Chandler and Eric, uh, they all went to school together. Okay. So met them through just some mutual songwriter friends, kind of just that whole scene. And then kind of started playing together in like 13 and like playing little shows. And um, then really actually starting like writing songs and and trying to make it like a thing in like uh, 2014. And then that was kind of really like the the beginning the origin story but yeah and now we're here yeah so what were you all in different bands pre prior to this kind of kind of uh jared and eric and i went to school together and uh so we all played music together there uh at like clubs in murfreesboro tennessee and we played at church together a lot and so that's how we got to know each other and then we got hooked up with trip and brandon who had played no, y'all played in different bands too. Mm-hmm. I've never known you guys without you knowing each other, so I don't really know their origin story. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> uh, Eric and Chandler were actually in a band, and Chandler was the lead singer. Oh yeah. And uh, Eric played guitar. So. Did I never hire you? I don't think there was ever any money exchanged. <laughs> <laughs> so how does the name Lanco come about? Come come to be. Um. Is it short for something? Is it? Yeah. Is there a story behind the name? The um sometimes we'll make up a wild. There's some That's crazy stories you can find out there, but uh, the truth of it. It's actually Moldovian. <laughs> Moldovian. <laughs> yeah, if you want to run with that, <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, no, it's a. Uh, it's originally the name was Lancaster and Company. So okay. it was in the day of the when the Zach Brown band Mumford and Sons 
was hot. So I was like, Lancaster and Company. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of started like I had written a ton of songs. And honestly, I've been in band since I grew up outside Nashville. So I uh, I played music my whole life. And I've been in band since I was like literally in, in middle school. And so I just always kind of wrote songs and put bands together. So in my mind, honestly, originally it was kind of like Tom Payne and the Heartbreakers, Bruce, yeah, Springsteen, yeah. Bruce Springsteen, East Street Band, like Lancaster and Company. You know, it's just a thing. But then as time evolved, I mean, you know, it was the same guys. And, and honestly, Lanco fits better on a t-shirt yeah. so we shorten it down that's yeah. it that's awesome that's awesome so from the time you guys start to you know i guess we got to talk about the elephant in the room with greatest love story like how much time goes by um Three years. yeah so we started playing yeah around 2013 14 is like when we were getting in a room and actually like jamming and, and playing a show here and there and uh we had that song i think that song was written in 14 and then we cut it in 15, uh, signed a record deal around that time. And then 17 is when it became, yeah. it was a number one, number yeah. one big old song. So, yeah, it was now, a journey. Now, does that, does that shock the shit out of you guys? Like, you, you write the song, you're sitting on it, you're playing it, playing it, playing it, and then it gets picked up and you can't, you know, you can't turn on a, radio, a country station without it. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, when you're... The thing is, they're, they're kind of all your babies. They're all your yeah. children, and so you love all your songs, and you'll definitely, especially radio's tough because radio definitely favors more uh, louder, up-tempo. Um, and at the time, it, it was in the, the midst of kind of the, the bro country era, and a lot of just big was on the radio, and a lot of, uh, you know, tailgates, tan lines, cold <laughs> beer, hot girl, which is always going to find its place in country music, but it was very, very different than anything that was on the radio at the time. And... So on it just being practical, it's like like that song was on the record and, and yeah. like our label made us get that song like or the the record kind of remixed and that song was the only song that wasn't huh. mixed differently because they're like, Well it'll never do like that song will right. never be on the radio, it'll never do anything. It's just like one of those a time for everyone to get a beer in the set. Like a, and then it ended up, you know, we could tell early on we were playing it and people just connected to it yeah. because originally, you know, it is this story and to me it's like well, it's a specific story, so surely not that many people can relate to that. But what you find is in that song that the idea of like love being a journey—it's not just like a Friday night at the bar. You know, all that stuff is fun and cool, but the reality of of love takes a while to develop. Um, sometimes it means even falling apart and getting back together and balancing each other out. Uh, just the idea of love being a story and not just kind of a one night thing—I yeah. think resonated with a lot of people. And so, uh, but it, it was cool to see that song. Uh, resonate with a lot of people and then also introduce them to uh, the rest of our music and yeah yeah i mean it, and it made you guys explode you yeah know, realistically right? oh yeah i was fortunate enough to see you guys play across the street when you were here with luke yeah oh yeah and that that to me feels like years ago now um what and that was oh god it was like it was, like, it was like, 19 yeah, it was like four years ago because my my wife with keeping that Central Mass vibe going, we have to thank our friends over at the DCU Center. Again, here in Worcester, dcucenter.com. They are the premier venue here in Central Massachusetts. They are a mid-size arena. They're the home of the Worcester Railers, the Massachusetts Pirates. Numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers. But actually, we just found out we were pregnant. It was Luke's birthday, my birthday, and my poor pregnant wife is walking around the center. I'm looking for beer, and I'm like, I gotta go see Lanka. <laughs> like, so I'm gonna sit here. And, and that sure. was spring of 2019. Yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, which what's funny is like in touring years, that was like a year ago. <laughs> but in real life, it was like three years ago, um, a little over. But yeah, we uh, that was when I also learned to pronounce uh, Worcester yeah. and not Worcester. how it's spelled. Worcester. Yeah, Worcester. Yeah. Definitely how it's spelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now... You know, I hate to talk about it, but it's, you know, it's still on everybody's mind. What did you guys do to get through the pandemic as a band? Had the, children. The, yeah. The what? Exactly. Good answer. Um, Good answer. The blip. Yeah, yeah the blip. Uh, Marvel, let's go. Uh, um, Don't sue me, Disney. Yeah. Stay away from it. Uh, I mean, you know, so we, speaking of love still, I mean, like, you know, art we really start rocking and like we start really playing shows we get an agent in 2015 get a record deal 16 put out a single 17 you haven't won 18 Born to Love You was a platinum song like top 15 or whatever uh, we're on our second record cycle um, put out a, a song the radio was top 40 and it, everything's going great And then, but all that to say since like Love Story happened we had barely been home we were out you yeah. know, 200 days a year and just so such an intense schedule and when the at first it wasn't a pandemic it was like a safety protocol that we're all going to stay home for a couple weeks so honestly at first it was like oh cool like we'll get to like i could catch up on some netflix or whatever (laughs) that two weeks obviously turned into two years uh and at first i think there was an adjustment of you know and it's something maybe we're still adjusting to i don't know uh when you're in the system where we're Sony Records, we have big manage, all this stuff, everyone's just telling you where to go, what to do, how to be. And then when that was all not happening, it was kind of interesting because we're at home. It's like, and then, you know, then there was thing, okay, is it safe to be together? And we were having kids. But then once it felt safe to be together, you know, it was like, okay, well, let's just get together and start kind of playing music. And that time actually was cool because it was kind of like a reinvention of like, let's just like, no one's telling us to, we don't have studio time, we don't have shows, we don't have anything on our calendar, but let's actually just get together because we like playing music and, and hanging out. And so I think that getting through it was honestly spending time with our families and also just being friends again and writing again and playing music awesome. all just for the fun of it and not yeah. because it's on your calendar. So, yeah, anyone else have anything to say? Nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> I nailed I mean, it. It was, you know, to kind of piggyback off what he said, man, like I remember – with the first month, I was like, "All right, I've we got to get back out on the road. Like, we we got to do something. What is it?" And learning to live a life at home after being on the road two hundred dates out of the year was very difficult. You know, uh, I feel like all of us at some point had to come to peace with the terms like we're going to be at home for a while. Yeah. Like this isn't um, this isn't just like a little thing that. You know, we're going to go back to our life. And then, uh, you know, I still I still think now we're even trying to figure out how to get back into the world as a touring band. Um, you know, because some places it's safe to go. Some places it's, you know, they don't, they're still a little cautious. And so, you know, I think uh, it was just, a, it, was a, it was a difficult time until we discovered that we could get together and play music again. And that was like, all right, now we're back again. We yeah. can, you know, we do it because we love it. Now, did you guys record anything during the whole thing? Did you get together and put a bunch of songs together and, like, here we go? We did, yeah. So, the, I mean, the the first thing was, like, before we could even tour, we actually, like, rented a studio in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Really is just an excuse to get together and play music because there were no shows. So it's like, well, let's just, like, let's pay to play with each other. Let's go to a studio and rent out a room and just record some music. So we did this little project 
uh, called Honky Tonk Hippies. It was just like self-released and just party music kind of. We just wanted to party, so it was like, let's, all right, let's go party in the studio and record it. Um, and then we actually, uh, the top of this year, got, got back in the studio with the producer of our first record, Jay Joyce, who he's produced uh, Eric Church and Little Big Town, Zach Brown Band, uh, KG Elephant, just so many incredible acts that we love. And so we got back in with him beginning of this year and recorded new music that we're, uh, we're now starting to roll out. Nice. Now, touring-wise, this year, what you guys have done, what's it look like? What's it look like for the rest of the year? Are you guys going to do a major tour? Are you going to kind of wait the year out and see what happens next year? Yeah, I mean, you know, we hit this year about as hard. I mean, it really, the thing is, everything gets booked a year in advance. So even yeah. last year, last year was still weird in places. And so it was like when you're looking at this year, we booked as much as we could. Uh, but there were still places going, you know, we don't know how many people we're going to let in a room, whatever. Uh, but this year, you know, we did a lot of festivals and a lot of that stuff and, yeah. and doing some, you know, smaller headlining stuff. Uh, but we, we've honest, we plan later this year to go back in the studio and finish our record and then hit a hit next year pretty hard with a, a full new album cycle. Awesome. Now, I, I watch, you know, the social media and all that. And now tell me if I'm wrong, but it looked like for you guys, based on what I saw and the reaction, it seemed like CMA Fest a few weeks ago was like almost like that, like, okay. We can breathe. We're back at this again. Is that? Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I would say that's. I mean, I think CMA Fest hadn't happened since the pandemic yeah. happened, and so that was the first time, not just for us, but for the country music community, uh, that we could all be together. We could all see each other. It's kind of. Like now we got to thank our friends on the North Shore, the Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint. Our buddy Jonathan. Post is the head chef and owner of The Porch. They are at 175 Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out, theporchsouthern.com. Dallas Jackson here with Tipsy Music. Artists, are you tired of getting $5 to play Freebird? How are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tipsy Music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list. Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. Best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at Tipsy Music on all socials. Long live live music. Like a family reunion and then not just us, but the, the fans, you know, hundred, literally hundreds of thousands of fans from around the world in one central place to see country music. Uh, that was, that definitely felt like, all right, we're back. We're rocking. Uh, we got through it. We made it and we're here and, uh, yeah, that was a that felt good for sure. Yeah. Now, for your music, you know, you talk about how you guys write a lot of your own stuff. Do you have any other, you know, well-known writers or whatnot that have written Lanco songs that people would know? Yeah, I mean, um, for sure. I mean, you know, we're definitely involved in the writing community in Nashville, which is just an incredible community. And it's like near misses. Uh, Shane McAnally's on that song, who he's written. I don't know, 40 number one. I mean, he's just, I don't even know where to start with him between Casey Musgraves to Sam Hunt to 
That's actually my wife's favorite song. So when she listens to this, she's going to be... Near Misses? Yeah. There uh, you go. Yeah. Um, she said it to me today. She's like, do you know this song? I'm like, of course I do. Like, yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, so Shane's on that song, like, Born to Love You. Yeah. Um, uh, Ross Kaufman's on that song, who's written a lot of Dirk stuff and as uh, a producer, and, and Ashley Gorley, who has had, you know, just countless number ones he's just so rich um <laughs> he has he's own, so rich that we go play basketball at his full court gym with two like nba goals yeah his personal uh gymnasium uh that's what literally 40 like two number ones will get you uh and he's written i mean i don't even all these guys don't even know where to start and then you know guys like craig wiseman who who uh go back to you know classic Tim McGraw hits mm-hmm. and then Jeremy Spillman is probably our one of our most frequent collaborators who he were, he's on a lot of land like he would if there's like a sixth writer it would be yeah. a sixth guy in the band would be Jeremy Spillman he uh and he he's been on every Eric Church record he wrote Sinners Like Me and uh, uh Man Who's Gonna Die Young and all kinds of songs uh so yeah we uh we're definitely in that community so we're we get to be in the room with a lot of really talented people now there's also been songs cut by other people that are your songs correct uh yeah see how uh, i do that i make the audience yeah. like oh yeah <laughs> yeah i get good at this <laughs> yeah uh and chandler probably have the most cuts and jared i really don't know when i write a song the problem is is writers are like well if you're not gonna cut it then right. who it must not be good enough for but uh chandler and trip and jared definitely they they get cuts out they're hustling buddy of ours adam hambrick uh cut longer i lay here that trip and i wrote and then trip jared and i all wrote um uh big in a small town mm-hmm. uh jimmy allen cut that last year yeah. um so that was pretty cool and uh jared you got a couple coming out right yeah um i uh i got a cut with uh um uh nate smith he's kind of doing his deal right now and uh, Drew Kennedy, a buddy of ours who's an artist. Uh, I don't know. I think that's all I can remember okay. right now. And uh, it'd be hilarious. If, like, I was waiting for Jared to just drop on us. Like, yeah, I've actually got the next three Sam Hunt singles with Brian. <laughs> and I'm quitting the band because I'm about to be so rich. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not allowed to talk about Sam Hunt anymore after my last couple of blogs. Everybody gets mad at me. Uh, okay. Nothing against Sam. I just, you know... He, I have a very country music, you know, yeah. but, and I like Sam. Sam's, yeah. Sam's a nice, nice enough guy. But. He's an athletic guy. Right. Uh, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Sam is a, yeah, he's a, he's a good guy, really good basketball player. Um, no, he's a great singer. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard being in the, in the industry cause you do just, everyone has their thing. Right. They do their thing. Uh, and it, it's interesting to me cause like artists not to be whatever like artists don't think about it as hard as as like as reviewers or fans or critics or and that's you know that's their job like journalists think about stuff differently uh one thing i'll say about sam you know he's a that sam hunt is sam hunt you know it's not a charade it is what it is and a lot of people love it a lot of people don't and i'll tell you what if people hate you you're doing something right right, because you're (laughs) you're standing out now now let me ask you for for a bunch of guys like you that um um live in the in the you know Nashville area, and seeing the change in country music, like what do you, what do you make of that? Do you think it will go back to 
what it used to be, you know, because music in general ebbs and flows, or do you think we're on a different path? Uh, you know, it's an, we got told a story once. There's this radio program. He's literally like in his late 80s. I mean, he's one of like the legends and still out there rocking like he's all. But, uh, you know, he told a story once that uh, back in, I think it would have been like the 60s, that he there were some other radio guys that they would always come down to the Opry. And he's like, they were just rude to me. And they were just me. And I remember one time we were all in that alley behind Tootsie's and, and that all those bars. And and uh, he's like, I just had a few beers. I confronted him. I said, hey, what is the deal? Like, why are y'all, like, y'all are just, you know, not cool to me? Or however he would phrase it. Probably didn't say not cool to me. I don't know, the 60s maybe. Uh, but they're like, you don't want to know the truth, man. It's because you don't, you're not country. Like, your whole crew, y'all ain't country. Like, y'all hang out. You hang out with all those rock guys that are ruining country music. You hang out with Cash and Waylon and Merle. And those guys ain't country. Like, it's just, it's not. And so, you know, that was the thing is, like, they were. And when you listen to, like, uh, you listen to Merle stuff, you listen to Waylon stuff, um, you know, they were doing things at the time were very progressive. And, and you know, traditionalists hated it. But they, they at least pushed it somewhere that... It allowed it to grow a little bit. Now, I will say, believe me, I hear some stuff that I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I hate it. It sucks. And get off a of country radio. Um, but the reality is, like, as a creator, it's like, you know, my thing, as long as it's, if that's your influence, if that's where you stand, if that's where you get your music from, then. So I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention our friends over at 10thwhiskey.com. That's 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They're out of Vail, Colorado. Great, great friends of ours. We, um, we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out. 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Cheers. You do you, I'll do me. And I think there's, especially in today's day and age, there's just room for everybody. Like, if you don't like it, just listen to something. Like, I understood when we all had to, like, surround ourselves around one FM dial and, like, I can only hear the music I like if the DJ plays of it. Now it's like you can listen to whatever you want. And like I said, there's stuff. I mean, I'm not going to name names. There's stuff I hear and I'm like, that doesn't sound like country music yeah. or it doesn't whatever. But I don't know. That's been said before. And so it's, if anything, it's people getting creative. But, yeah, some, some stuff out there sucks. But I think <laughs> I, I, I don't say know. There's always going to be people that are traditionalists yeah, in yeah. terms of, you know, that like traditional country music. You know, even younger, 20 years old, making, you know, there are artists out there that will make traditional sounding music, country music. And, and so that's what's cool about the genre is that the landscape is so vast. You can, you can lean towards hip hop, you can lean towards rock, yeah. you can lean towards, you know, you can lean towards the traditional sound of country music. But at the end of the day, the songs are coming from the same place. Yeah. And I'll say this too I've noticed like when people, people can get upset because they hear like more pop leaning and more hip hop or whatever trap beats. I mean, it's wild, like your trap beats in country music at time but you're like well you know okay that's they're just pulling from an influence no different than in the 70s they were starting to pull r&b right. guitar influence and jazz and you know so i get it and then a lot of times what that does is okay that's cool for a second and then that starts to open up the door where people want to hear the other side more right. they want to hear more traditional stuff or they want to hear more classic stuff and and uh, like i love right now uh, like what tyra childers and zach bryan those guys like kind of the 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 train they're leading because to me, just anything that shakes up 
anything. Like anyone that does it different, anyone that if there's suits in Nashville thinking they've got it all figured out, like, well, this is our formula. You know, you get a good looking guy and get some trap beats and get some, you know, whatever. It's like, well, how do you explain this guy that just dropped like 30 songs that sound like they were recorded on an iPhone, but it's the number one song, it's number one album in country music because it's authentic and it's real and it's coming from an honest place. So I don't know. I always like people that, that kind of make the whole industry keep guessing and talking as long as you're authentic, even if I don't like it, I think that authenticity, that's what country music is built on, is real people's lives and real people's stories uh, from an authentic place. So that's my spiel. I don't I don't think I answered your question. Oh, it's, but right. oh, it's perfect. I talked you a actually lot. did. No. So I know you guys have to jump on stage soon, So, and I don't want Max to kill me. Um, but I always say I don't have questions, and I do. Rapid fire, real quick, everybody – Seeing we are the Boots and Whiskey podcast, what are your boots of choice? If I mean, I'm the only one that looks like wearing boots, but boots of choice. I haven't put on my show clothes yet. And what? Whiskey of choice. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, area Boots, um, Russell's Reserve, Wild Turkey. That's burp. Uh, it's all the same. Don't, I like don't the, tell them that. Chandler and I have these throw good boots. They're more like work boots, but they're like my flavor right now. And uh, gotta go with the old fashioned Blantons. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm a Red Wing boot kind of guy, uh, and I'm just uh, straight up Jameson. Nice. Yep. Nothing fancy. Uh, I'm, I like Lucasies. I have like three or four pair of them. Um, Luke Combs actually got us a pair that one of my favorite pair. But uh, and then whiskey. I don't drink a lot of whiskey because last time I did that, I about got in a fight with everybody in the band. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll drink uh, scotch. I'll do scotch. I'm a Johnny Walker Red. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I think I'm on the Lucchese train as well. When I wear boots, uh, I've they just I don't know broken a few of those in. What are some boots that you wear your like day to day that are? Oh my, yeah, the zip up ones yeah. that are because I don't have to. I can slide them on and zip them up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> beds too. Um, they make pretty good boots. No, it's called Bed Steers, the brand. Uh, there's like work boots. Um, yeah, I wear I wear work boots a lot, like especially on stage and stuff, because they're easier to. Like I used to wear more cowboy boots and work like that kind of world, but as much as I move on stage, the toe started like, or I'd like jump on the riser and that toe would like right. catch the riser. I'd jump on his drum. I'd jump around a lot, jump jump in the crowd. And that was one thing. Like even jumping in the crowd, I'm like wearing cowboy boots I'm like dude I'm gonna absolutely annihilate someone <laughs> in there yeah, yeah 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 uh, leather soles yeah but I, I like Luke Casey's they feel great they make me taller uh, <laughs> and then whiskey um, I don't know I, I do like I'm guilty of a, I really like Irish whiskey I like Jameson but then uh, in the bourbon world like I, I really like makers or I don't know I like a lot. Honestly, yeah, I love whiskey. I, I just, so I'm like trying. It's I like it. <laughs> too many. Obviously, like your pappy. Oh, if, oh, if Jared wants to spend a million dollars on a bottle and I drink it. Um, so, yeah. Anything good. That's a problem. Jared has like a big whiskey collection, and I've tried so many that I really love and don't know the name of them. Yeah, this whole everything should have just been directed at Jared. He literally has a whiskey collection. You want to talk about it? We'll just have a we'll have a podcast. My my uh, my haul this year was not as great because uh, inflation. (laughs) 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 But no, I usually get like I usually get like BTAC stuff every year. The Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, um, like George T. Stagg, Thomas T. Handy. Uh, Eagle Rare 17. Eagle Rares. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, I also taught Jared everything he knows about whiskey and bourbon. So. <laughs> and I taught Chandler everything he knows about whiskey. 
And I love uh, Jim Bain. Oh, God. Uh, well, oh, God. When you know the, the episode is job. over. <laughs> yeah, like, when you know, you know. Job. But, yeah. Oh, Jim Beam. It's like bush latte of yeah. whiskey. Hey, they make what's uh bakers? I don't I don't understand what's wrong with that. Uh, no, no, there's nothing, especially if they it, want to sponsor the show one day. If you can Jim get Bean it in a plastic it. bottle, I'll take it. Hey, <laughs> little little fun song fact, speaking of Jim Bean, uh in Sinners Like Me, that lyric where he uh says, Head on his headstone with a fifth of Jim Bean and toast to a long line of sinners like me. Uh that line, Jeremy Spone wrote that song, and that line was Jim Bean. And then Eric Church got a Jack Daniels endorsement yeah. right before that song came out, and they went in the studio and changed it to Jack D. So with a fifth of Jack D, toast to a long die. Yeah, sinners like me. So yeah, little little whiskey and music trivia at the same time. I love it. That's awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time. Max is ready to strangle me. So thank you again, guys. This is awesome. You're my first. You know band that people know so hey, yeah. <laughs> so thanks guys and, yeah. uh, well uh hopefully we, hopefully we didn't say anything time. that we get canceled over no, no. uh not enough people to listen in <laughs> not enough people till you say something cancel worthy it's true it's and true. uh cnn will get you yeah yeah quick make your socials <laughs> private <laughs> all right guys well thanks so much have a great show tonight and we'll see you next time Also, don't forget our friends over at hogwashandrhinestones.com. Our good friend Ray is the owner over there. She makes incredible clothing that you've seen all over the place from Nashville to Boston to everywhere in between. Some really big names have worn her stuff. That's hogwash, the letter N, rhinestones.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. You won't be disappointed. Check them out hogwashandrhinestones.com well there you have it guys you know as always Lenko thank you my god that was fantastic absolutely loved our time together um you know and it was one of those things after the episode was done you know I I give Max a little bit of crap (laughs) there and there and um you know because he had he had tapped me you know uh, you know when we were already like almost 20 minutes in he was like all right come on you know the guy's gonna get on stage and blah 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 blah. and you know and that's fine i totally get it you know and i said to him on the elevator on the way back down to the venue i said you know it's funny you know a while ago somebody had said to me you know the more prominent the band or artist the less time you're gonna have so if you're gonna have interviews and stuff like that you know start to you know kind of condense things and whatnot and um you know and that's great. I loved I loved every second of it. So, and I thought we got quite a bit of information out of those guys even in the small amount of time we had. You know, we didn't have our full episode like normal, but that's that's really okay. Um because it was an absolute pleasure and it was great to hear their story. Um and like I said, made me a fan. Made me a Lanco fan for, you know, the rest of time. You know, like I said at the beginning, you know, everybody knows Greatest Love Story, especially if you're in this genre and doing this thing and their latest song, Low Class Lovers, and one of my favorites from last year, um, Near Misses. Um, that's that's such a cool little tune, little ditty there. Um, I loved it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love these guys. I can't wait to see them again. And, and that's really it. Um, so for those of you that have been following us on social media, I got to s- send a shout out to my 
my friends over at American Grit and Grace. We used to really plug them early on, um, but I think Amanda's starting to really ramp up some stuff over there at American Grit and Grace. Well, she made us a mason jar with the Boots and Whiskey podcast logo on it, and it looks absolutely incredible. I think we're going to be working with her soon to get some rocks glasses, maybe shot glasses, you know, do something. Um, so those will be for purchase here coming up sooner, hopefully, rather than later. So, Amanda, thank you so much. Um, also, somebody I didn't think at the beginning of the show that I need to is uh, my friend Samantha. She came out last minute, took pictures of everything for me on Friday night. Samantha, I owe you the world. Thank you so much. You're absolute sweetheart. I absolutely loved getting to know you. Um, you know, because it was our first time really getting to meet each other. She is a she is the significant other of a friend of mine, um, and we just had a great time together. It was it was it was it was a nice to get to know you know somebody other than people I've known um, and work closely together. So Samantha, thank you so much for that. Now, what do we got coming up? Um, let's see. Next week. Next week, I want to say. I'm not even sure. I don't even know what the hell date it is. Yeah, next week. Oh, damn. Next week, we have Chris Lane coming up. And then the following week, we have Kip Moore. And then we have another concert we're covering on the 19th that I don't want to tell you who it is yet. It's going to be a surprise. Uh, hopefully, we'll hear about Morgan Wallen next week for sure um you know as always tomorrow will be our whiskey wednesday features thursday i'm not sure we're going to have a thursday thoughts because honestly i haven't written it yet um so if we don't get that written in time we'll see flashback friday as always and then the weekend and then you know how it goes so again thank you to everybody hogwash afterglow matthew allen photography beats beer bonfire bitches and boots American Grit and Grace, Off the Rails, Worcester, and of course, Lanko. Thank you all so much for such an incredible episode. None of it would be possible without you. Um, so really, guys, until next time, keep the boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Cheers. <laughs>